Good afternoon, my AOWs. It's Wednesday, the best day of the week. It's hump day plus your favorite podcast, Health by Heather Hirsch. New episodes on the show come out every Wednesday. And I'm excited to tell you guys that I have an incredible guest for you today. The menopause dietitian on Instagram, also known as Nigel Denby of Harley Street, joins me for an amazing informative, exciting, and very funny conversation about women's health and midlife, why nutrition and community really matter. I'm so excited for you to hear our interview, our talk, our discussions, and our shared passion for women's health. Without further ado, here she is. Welcome to Health by Heather Hirsch, a podcast dedicated to uncovering many of the women's health issues many of us are wondering about, but few of us are talking about. My mission is to expose the current gaps in knowledge and care on all things women's health. Enjoy. These have been shown in clinical studies to help decrease vaginal dryness. Omega-7 is a key component to epithelial tissue, which makes up a significant portion of the sensitive vaginal and vulvar tissue. Not only could you see improvements there, but additional benefits include healthier hair, skin, and nails, relief from dry eyes, plus a healthier digestive tract. I've been using it, and I can definitely see and feel the benefits. It's also free of gluten, yeast, sodium, GMOs, wheat, dairy, and other preservatives. To learn more and order your soft gels, you're going to want to head to RestoreFemininity.com. That's R-E-S-T-O-R-E-F-E-M-I-N-I-N-I-T-Y.com. You can also find the link in the description and show notes and also on Amazon. Thank you for sponsoring today's show, Femininity. Nigel, I'm so excited to have you on the show talking to me all the way from London. What time is it where you are? Well, I'm sitting in my jammies, Heather. <laughs> it is literally, it's about nine o'clock. It's the end of the day. It's been a long day here. Oh, um, well, thank you so much for taking the time to be on my podcast. I really. Oh, well, thank you. I really enjoy so much having guests. And for my listeners, I know that you also enjoy hearing from other folks. So I've been really wanting to meet with Nigel. And the reason we actually first met is that we have a fan in common, a student in common. And I will uh, keep her anonymous, even though she wouldn't mind. But we have a fan in, in common who's actually been a student in my master class and uh, done a lot of stuff with Nigel. And so we finally got to sit down and chat and I'm so excited. Nigel, as you know, from the intro is a registered uh, menopause dietitian. And I really want to dig into, uh, you know, I'm so interested in your story. I'm so interested in how you became a nutritionist and then went into women's health, but let's just start with the nutrition aspect. Yeah. How did you want to become, why did you want to become a nutritionist? Well, it's, you know, it has a link with, uh, with your part of the world, with Boston, um, Massachusetts, and I'll explain to you what happened. So years ago, I originally was a chef. And oh, I on... get out of town. Yeah. So mm. always loved food. And um, mm. I was working on the QE2. Mm. 
many years ago and I was uh, working and I had, it's a long story how I had this, I had an accident and I ended up in uh, um, Mass General Hospital for nearly three months. I drank um, by accident Draenol. Oh, and yeah, whilst I was in hospital, I was pretty poorly. I was there for a long time and I had to learn how to eat again. I burnt my esophagus and a dietitian came along to teach me about eating soft foods and what have you. Uh And, you know, I'll be totally honest. I loved it. I thought I'd love to do that. Swinging through the doors in a white coat (laughs) and being able to sit down and say, don't eat fruit with ras with pips in and don't eat crispy toast. I thought, well, I could do that. Lovely. Uh-huh. I'll go back to uh-huh. England and train as a dietitian. I uh-huh. didn't know it was going to take me about five years to train as a, as a dietitian, but that's what I did. And I immediately knew, actually, through my training, I didn't want to work in a hospital because here in the UK, um, very often you see a dietitian when you're really sick. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the things I was learning about dietetics, I was thinking about this is actually a way to help people stop getting sick. Yep. I don't yeah. want to see preventative medicine when they're really poorly. I want to see them when they're kind of maybe um, about 40 beginning to realize that actually they might be getting towards halfway through and now they've got to clean their acts up a little bit you know (laughs) that's where I am in life that is right where I am (laughs) right it's kind of where I, I realized that actually that's what I was also good at you know because I'm definitely the imperfect dietitian I adore food I live to eat I um, have parted pretty hard um, in my younger years and I kind of know what real life is like and I, I you know I always say to the, the women I work with now you know what we're not looking for here is perfect what we're looking for is a bit better and actually if we can just be a bit better we can probably get in control of menopausal weight gain. We can probably look after your bones. We can probably reduce your risk of heart disease. And you don't have to live like a nun to do that. Mm -hmm. But what you do need to do is really start focusing on your situation right now. You don't need an off-the-shelf diet to do Mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. You need to look at where are the areas of concern in your lifestyle because they're going to be your big wins and that's where we can start to change things and I guess yeah I kind of learned as well that the bit of dietetics that really excited me was not kind of sitting in um in intensive care or in a you know in in um Uh, arranging tube feeds for people it was the psychology of this you know we all know whether we do it or not we all know that eating well will take care of us it will make us more healthful and yet we struggle to do it we either mm-hmm. struggle to do it at all or we do it for a short period of time. We find it difficult to sustain. And I think the more times we try, 
the more uh, and fail mm -hmm. the more our confidence and our resilience and our, our our ability to find that motivation to start again diminishes yeah and so for me you know in actual fact the nutrition and the 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 biochemistry is a tiny bit of it the yeah. bit for me that really melts my butter is is selling this to somebody really persuading the psychology yeah yeah you can do this yeah. or you're worth the effort of right doing that's an exactly do, do you think that um you're talking about you know when we kind of turn 40 sort of that that midpoint in life was there something that had you gravitate towards women in particular or did you find did you find this is going to be great uh, I'm so interested or did you find that women were more were more self-aware or self-interested in this how did that come out I guess it's a little bit of all of that so um you know I'm I'm a gay man I love women I find women so um willing maybe to have an open mind to things mm -hmm. and and I think women are much much better at looking at them their own situation uh, and analyzing that whereas this is generalizing but men if you just mm -hmm. want to hand them a diet sheet and say eat this they're much they're, they're really good at just yeah. doing what they told uh, yeah I, I i i i i can vibe with that being that for the first few years of my medical training i did general internal medicine and i saw men and i saw women and certainly um for the majority of my male visits, very quick <laughs> in and out. Yeah. Um, and uh, women are not small men. <laughs> Absolutely. But that makes it fascinating. Yeah. yeah. And what I love also, I, you know, I guess delivering advice to people about changing their lifestyle it's a pretty tough gig you know yeah. it's like selling secondhand cars often people don't really want to invest you know you'd love everybody to drive away in a really fancy Cadillac or something oh. and actually you know if you're lucky they might go away with a little um Honda or, or whatever yeah. you know, I think if you can get them somewhere in the middle you've done pretty well and that's yeah. again this, this better not perfect yeah now, what I, I, love, love, I love that I love working with with women at menopause because a I think for the first time we can really be very positive about eating more of certain foods you know calcium rich foods heart friendly foods that's brilliant mm -hmm. but i also think this is a moment when women are reflecting mm -hmm. and usually life is changing a little bit as well as all the hormonal changes so it might be you know that they're reviewing their relationship maybe they've decided actually you know what, I do love him. I'm going to see, see it through. Or they've got rid of him. Who knows? You know, the kids are beginning to be less dependent. Maybe, you know, they've, you're kind of reaching the pinnacle of your career. Or maybe you've decided, right, I've had enough of that and I'm going to go elsewhere. You might be starting to actually also look at your parents and realising, gosh, they need a bit of looking up. The, role, the, the, the roles are reversing. Whatever's going on, women are reflecting and having to start making some choices. And I think if you can catch 
a woman at the right moment, you have this window of opportunity for them to actually realize, wait a minute, if I'm rejigging things, maybe I can come up the list of priorities. Uh Yes, I totally agree. I totally agree. And I think too, that it is the most crucial like decision because I really think, I know you will agree. I really think that how you treat your body in that time frame, you know, 40s to 50s or menopause for you might be earlier, but how you treat your body then sets up for how you will feel for the next three decades plus. Oh, 100%. Heather, I mean, it's it's probably, it's a bit controversial, but when I'm starting some of my talks for women, I will often say, you know, right, this is almost, it's not last chance saloon, but this is your moment to decide what type of 85 year old woman do you want to be? Do you want to be the woman who still does her own garden, who decorates her dining room and who other women look at and say, God, I want to be like her? Or are you gonna be the woman sitting in the corner of a nursing home, hoping somebody is gonna stop to take you to the bathroom because actually you know the diseases that will affect most of us now are diseases of affluence they are lifestyle that the diseases that tend to be created through our lifestyle choices and this is your moment to make some decisions yeah i absolutely agree I, I absolutely agree. We're really looking at for the first time taking care of you for you, not for either the children that you want or hope to have or those that you don't or for um, the decisions of someone else. You're actually really getting to your absolute said it so perfectly reprioritize work, job, partners, me, me, me. Oh yeah, there's me. And, and if you get them, and, 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 you know, she's, she really starts to put her health and her eating. You're totally right. It, it makes such a difference. It makes all the difference in the world. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. And do you know what's been amazing? Um, more recently, I've been able to work and, and search out other specialists who kind of help me with that job. So I work with a brilliant self-worth coach who actually helps us. You know, sometimes me dangling five fruit and veg as a carrot for big carrot for people to eat, you know, can seem way too far away for some people. And Mm -hmm. and, and actually what you've got to do, first of all, is really find where your self-worth is before you can start embracing getting more active, Mm -hmm. eating more fruit and veg, eating better, trying to lose a little bit of weight or thinking about your bone health. And I think, you know, this is, it's not right, but it is the pathway that most women still find themselves in. Even though we have so much more equality around, You know, there is still this situation that women have been spinning plates for such a long time by the time they get to 40 to 50, that actually even thinking 
about, oh, I would like to try some meditation, feels like a pure indulgence. That's only things that really rich women or celebrities get to do. No, no, you know, that's yep. exactly yep. what you need to function. And yep. it's why your life is getting hard now. This is one of the reasons it's really getting difficult to do all the things you used to because now all your hormones are going all over the place yeah and everything's beginning to feel chaotic mm -hmm. I, exactly there is so much going on in that transition in that midlife moment of the the juggle of everything the reprioritizing of yourself the deciding who you want to be further on down the road and your hormones changing and 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 what an important time so what are some of the, what are some of your founding principles on, uh, I'm sure is certainly, I would say almost gosh, multiple times a day in my clinics, you know, all my patients would love to lose weight. Um, and so I'm sure you get that question. You know, people probably just type in the old Google, how do I lose weight? How do I lose the meno belly? But what are your, what are sort of your, like, what would you say are like Nigel's guiding principles on health and wellness when it comes to food for women in midlife? Okay. I think the first thing you've got to understand is there are hormonal and metabolic issues that are going on that are part of this mix. So as your estrogen levels are falling, the way your body lays down fat is changing completely. Mm -hmm. um, and that is something that no amount of hormone therapy is going to change, but mm -hmm. your hormone therapy might well enable you to feel well enough to mm -hmm. do the things that you're going to need to do to tackle this. Mm -hmm. So hormones are involved. You've got to understand that. The other thing is worth remembering is that men and women, we're all aging. We are all losing muscle tissue. That processes the calories that go in. Mm -hmm. It controls our metabolic rate. Now, for women, the process of losing some of that, that lean muscle tissue starts speeding up as your hormones reduce a little. So now we're in a perfect storm. We've got your body changing shape. We've got um, losing muscle tissue, which is slowing your metabolic rate down, making it almost impossible not to gain weight unless right. you alter your lifestyle. Right. This is why 75% of perimenopausal women gain around about 10 kilos over the period of their perimenopause. 10 kilos is what, 21 pounds. Ooh. That's a couple of dress sizes. Yeah. And if all of that is yeah. going on around your midriff, my God, you're going to know it. You know, you are going to feel this. So, okay, now we know that. What's your part? in this because you've probably got away with some things over the mm -hmm. last 10, 20 years. Oh, all my Maybe. people say, oh, I used to be able to drop a dress, dress size in a week if I had to. Yeah. You always think, we all know that was never a good thing to begin with. <laughs> um, sure, but you could lose it to go on holiday. You could lose it for Thanksgiving. The issue is now those diets don't work anymore. This is a different body. It's a body running very low on estrogen, your metabolic right weight is, uh, your metabolic rate has changed. Actually, let's start with that. Don't diet. However, let's look at a lifelong 
lifestyle change. Let's break free of the whole diet mentality and let's start with what are you doing? What is your part in in creating this? And that's a bit of a wake up and smell the coffee exercise. Let's get a food diary. Let's really see, is it your portion sizes? Is it a little bit too much Chardonnay? Are you grazing and snacking between meals? Are you not eating enough? Are you going for really long periods without eating um, properly? Are you cutting whole food groups out? And we kind of, I, I run a program called Back to Basics and that's essentially what we do. We strip it all back. I teach women then how to plan a change in their diet or their lifestyle around simple portion sizes. So I'll give you some examples. One of the things we always say is breakfast, lunch, and dinner, look at your plate, imagine it divided into four quarters. You want one quarter protein, one quarter carbs. Yes, one quarter, quarter. carbs. <laughs> you must eat carbohydrates and uh -huh. half a plate of vegetables Veggies. fruit oh, or good. i got it right when i was guessing there you go now it ain't rocket science but for women who have been ketoing themselves to death for the last yeah. 10 years eating carbohydrates is really difficult however That's scary yeah oh my goodness yeah so we need to learn about low glycemic carbohydrates that yep. are going to break down and affect your glucose um your blood glucose very gently we also though really need to look at the total size of that meal are you eating the same size meal as your teenage sons or your male partner what i like to really teach people and particularly when you think about Portion sizes in the UK, we're following the states and, you know, portion sizes in the US have been huge for a long time. The reality is the amount of food that will satisfy you, that just takes you to the point of no longer being hungry, really fits into your cupped hands. It's not huge. Mm -hmm. You may well find that putting in a planned snack in the middle of the morning and the middle of the afternoon, that's about 100 and 150 calories, uh, really helps control your hunger so that you can eat this balanced, moderately sized plate of food. Here comes the tough bit. Slowly. Slowly. Mindfully. Mindfully. Without devices. Without no devices, TV, no phone, no iPad, focus on, on the food and slow it down. Satiety is a delayed reaction. We got to yep. remember we are hunter gatherers. We are programmed to gorge. That means eat really quickly, <sighs> eat until it's like, you know, do, you know, I have stuck. three little kids. So I am in this stage where like, I shove everything in my, as fast as humanly possible. And it's gross. It's so bad. It's so unhealthy. Um, that when me and my husband go out to dinner, it's like, I'm like, if we can just make it seven minutes eating, <laughs> I think that's like a lifetime. Do you know, Heather, though, this is, <laughs> this is modern life. You it know? is. Yeah. Food yeah. has become a function, nothing more. And as a result of it, Again, the, the science is there. You know, when you go to, to work out and you get thirsty, 
you're already dehydrated. That's a delayed reaction. So is satiety, the feeling of being satisfied. So if you eat really quickly, you're going to miss satiety. Mm. You're going to eat everything that's on your plate. And then in a little while, you'll be like, oh my goodness, I ate I too much. I feel uncomfortable. Yeah. What I like to try to do, take a smaller amount, eat that slowly, and then check with yourself. How do I feel? And this is really interesting. So many people have no idea whether they're hungry or satisfied. They've lost the ability to see that. So we've got to relearn that and then learn, actually, I'm no longer hungry. That's really different from, gosh, that was really tasty and I want some more. No longer hungry just means I'm satisfied. I can that's that's done what it needed to do I can now move on and simply the reason it it can be so discreet is really we need to save probably around about 400 calories a day Mm -hmm. with an increase in exercise and that Mm -hmm. can just be your 10,000 steps and a little bit of strength exercise the strength exercise is totally non-negotiable but you don't have to be pumping weights you can do pilates resistance work anything you like that just makes your muscles a little bit tender the next day if you're doing all of that you are going to lose a standard half to two pounds a week Mm-hmm. And if you're losing any more than that, something's gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Now, the beauty with this is you then also are going to change shape. You're going to start building some muscle tissue back. That takes up less room than fat, but it just doesn't wobble around so much. So you're going to change shape. Possibly you might get on the scales and nothing too much is changing there, but you put on that button up shirt and you think, wait a minute, this is beginning to fit a bit better. All of these changes start to happen. What you're also doing is relearning how to eat. Yeah, I I love that. I I think that that you're really hitting the nail on the head and that that these principles aren't necessarily rocket science, but they're so easily forgotten that we're so far gone by the time it actually really matters. And we need to be putting these habits into our life like we do brushing our teeth. For some reason, we most of us don't lose that habit. It doesn't take as long. It doesn't take too much thought. And certainly a root canal is really painful, but so is not being able to put the dress on that you want to wear for your child's wedding. That's really, really painful. So tell me a little bit in the time we have remaining, you know, I was inspired by kind of how you took all this through the pandemic and kind of put things online. How did that how did that go? And, um, you know, certainly actually we know it's been quite successful, but what did you learn through that process of the pandemic and being able to give this help, this support, this information for women in menopause? Yeah. Um, certainly I think the first thing I realized is, well, I don't have to do this on my own anymore. There are really great exercise teachers, menopause doctors, emotional well-being coaches around who think like I do. So I found some of them and said, do you want to come and try this with me? And it was literally, we set up a Facebook group. 
What we then began to learn was that the biggest thing women seemed to want was a sense of community, of learning. Yeah. I'm not yeah. on my own. I'm not going crazy. And that is a real, it's the fundamental of everything that we do. We look at this and we think, um, we have a, a lady in mind, we call her Julie. And Julie is our um Mrs. Average, I suppose I don't like that term. But whenever we look at something we're putting into place, we always think, what would Julie make of this? Mm -hmm. Would she relate to this? And it kind of keeps us grounded. We made some mistakes at the beginning, Heather. We threw everything at this, you know, every type of exercise, all these different classes. And it was a bit of overwhelm. I yeah. think a lot of women came thinking, oh my goodness, I don't even know where to start. A couple of things we learned were you can put mindfulness on a calendar and it can look like, oh, that's a nice bit of fluff. You know, it, where does that fit in? Actually say to people, try and meditate a mindfulness course and learn how to beat your anxiety. Wow. Then people get it. In a sense, so I think what we have always learned now is put something, put a class, put a course in the context of symptoms. What does it mean for me? Is this gonna help me? And then, then it starts to join the dots up a little bit. I think again, we have to keep reminding ourselves that most of the time our members have, have not been used to looking after themselves, to self-care. And actually, yep. we really have to spell that out. Yep. Um, you can't just lay out this sort of smorgasbord of self-care and expect a woman who hasn't embarked, taken part in that for 20 years to walk up and know what to do. What we actually have to do is take a hand and say, listen, what's bothering you the most? Mm -hmm. Is it your weight? Mm -hmm. Is it sleep? Mm -hmm. Is it anxiety? Is it libido? And then, well, this might help you. Mm -hmm. And in fact, it's amazing in, in um, uh, August, when everything goes a little bit quiet, we're kind of going to set up a summer camp for our members now. I love that idea. No. And we're, we're looking at it and saying, you know, okay, so if it is emotional well-being that's really bothering you here's a tour of the timetable this is actually your emotional well-being toolkit or this is your weight management toolkit and I think the biggest thing we still we keep learning is the more we ask our, our members what do you want how do you want it when do you want it the more we get it right yeah. um oh I think that's, that's I, I think that that's exactly your entire message, which is sort of meet people where they are at this very crucial time and see exactly what it is that they need, especially in that psychological space to help them achieve their goals. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's simple, but it's that's really, really easy powerful. to get it wrong. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, on that note, thank you so so much for spending your evening with me. Um, I, I am so excited to get to know you better. And I feel like we've got some upcoming projects that we definitely need to do together. I can tell how fun it must be to work with you, how passionate you are. 
and, and, and how much thought you really put into this. Um, for those of you listening, I'm going to link Nigel's sites down below in the description of this podcast. I'm sure a quick search, you will find him on Instagram and on socials. So it should be not hard to find, but it was really lovely to hear your story. It was really lovely to hear little bits and tips of how you help women in midlife how this part of their life is so important and how integral having a multidisciplinary team is because it's not just an MD, you know, it's not just the one person, it's, it's the whole team. And, and this, I believe that so, so much. And that's why I'm so excited to have amazing colleagues like you and that we live in this world where we can be so close now, despite the fact that it is your bedtime. <laughs> Isn't it, isn't it wonderful? I feel exactly the same, Heather. You know, you only have to chat to somebody for 10, 15 minutes and you just know she's one of our tribe. You know, we absolutely sing from the same hymn sheet and it's yeah. it's as big a pleasure for me to have met you. And I, there's so much more we're going to do. Oh, great. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this wonderful episode. Please share it on your socials. Please link it. If you really liked it, you can always send me a comment on Instagram. Of course, I'm at Heather Hirsch MD and I'll see you all next week for a brand new episode. Bye everyone. If I haven't already done so, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to my show. Consider subscribing so you never miss an episode. Also, if you love the show, your stars or a quick review could really help other women who are searching for information on menopause and midlife around the globe find this show. If you want to work with me, consider the Reclaiming Menopause Masterclass. The link for that is in the description to this show. Thank you again from the bottom of my heart for all your support, and I'll see you next week for a brand new episode. Episode.